there are single people in the church having sex with each other and then coming to worship. They're single. Having sex outside of marriage and then coming to church. I love you. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, today. But tonight, I'm going another way. There are men and women who are unmarried and who go on trips out of town for the weekend together. Then they'll come back to church and worship and want to serve in ministry. Welcome to today's broadcast. This is Jerry G. Martin. We're bringing you messages this month on relationships. And today we're going to talk about a subject that we don't hear very much about. It is sexual immorality. This is a message for those who are single and a message for those who are married as well. Every believer needs to walk in purity. Join with us as we talk about this subject today as we walk in the light of God's Word. like that, babe. Tonight I'm in a romantic mood. Yes. Let's take a shower. Shower together. I'll wash your body if you promise to wash mine. Unless you're about 60 years old, you probably don't know what it's like to live in a culture that isn't obsessed with sex. Prior to the 60s, illicit sex was mostly confined to seedy, underworld, dark, little cubby holes, or back rooms, or it was simply non-existent. It was rare for a person watching TV to come across anything more racier than a couple kissing or a vague suggestion about sex. Pornographic addictions usually amounted to nothing more than a Playboy magazine that was hidden under the bed or back in the closet. But today's environment is quite different. Nearly eight out of Ten primetime shows contain suggestive sexual content, averaging almost six sex scenes per hour. Passionate sex scenes have become commonplace on daytime television. Primetime offerings and reality shows and situation comedies almost continually revolve around sexual storylines involving teenage promiscuity, extramarital affairs, homosexuality, and more. Even more alarming are the various ways that pornography is available via cable television and satellites. 
it is one of the most challenging things for parents now. So if I was a parent and had to leave my children home, we don't have no cable TV. So if you got cable TV and you got to leave your children home, you are setting them up to be addicted to pornographic things. You got HBO, that's pornography. You got Showtime, that's pornography. So I'm going to talk to you today about sex. Come on, where were y'all at a while ago? Y'all wanted to turn out the lights <laughs> and light a candle. Fashion designers compete with each other to market the sexiest line of clothing to teens. There's low cut, skin tight, many. They're wearing what look like lingerie sometimes and see-throughs. Young girls have come to understand that the more revealing their clothes, the more they will be noticed. High school sex education is tame compared to the sex classes offered at many universities. Boys and girls at some universities must jointly watch X-rated films and view internet porn and visit sex shops. Some schools have even brought in porn stars to lecture to the class. The problem is not just that a large percentage of students engage in such activities, but that their educators, the adults who have been entrusted with our children, have created a culture that aggressively promotes those moral standards. Here's something that I'm thinking about. Most of the people who are running our country and our institutes, if they're my age, they broke out in the 60s and decided that they were going to have free love, more sex, be sexual promiscuity, and now we're running things. You thought about that? I don't need to ask in a presidential candidate if he ever smoked weed. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he grew up when I did. You know, they asked Bill Clinton, did you smoke weed? He said, well, I, I didn't. I didn't inhale. <laughs> Don't lie, say yeah, so did you. We're running things. We're the ones that let it all hang out. We're the ones that said, turn on, tune in, drop out. And we're running things, so what's the problem now? It is within this moral climate that Christians are expected to live a godly life. Not only must we deal with an environment of persuasive sexuality, but we must contend with a fallen nature that is powerfully drawn to that. When I was a kid, you didn't have, you had to go hunt something to try to look at. If you could find some kind of magazine with a woman in a bikini, you were happy. Ozzy and Harriet were married and they slept in different beds on TV. Because the culture said, no, nah, we don't even want to show a man and a woman in bed on TV together. But you can't turn a, a movie or a picture on without somebody being in somebody's bed in 10 minutes. 
And you wonder why your kids want to get it on. See, it was Marvin Gaye that came out when I was young and said, let's get it on. And we've been getting it on ever since. Everywhere we turn, we are confronted with sexual imagery and temptations. So on one end of the spectrum, there are those who, in the church who sincerely desire a pure thought life and have a sincere desire to live holy. On the other end of the spectrum, there are those who are hypocrites who fill their minds with pornography throughout the week and then sit in the church on Sunday like nothing happened. They have deceived themselves into thinking that they can continue to sin without consequence. But come on, edge up in your seat. We're going to go off into some water. When Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, he was made aware of some of the practices of the members and spoke to them about getting those ungodly practices out of their lives. So you might think that you're going through some stuff, you got some issues, you're a person, you got to deal with these issues, I'm single, I'm, you know, I, you know I, I, I'm lonely, all these kind of things like that. There's nothing new, it's always been in the church. So Paul is talking to this church that came out of this pagan culture. And when you come out of the world today, you may not recognize it, but you have come out of a pagan culture. We got a pagan culture right here in America. Paul liking the ministry that God gave him to a race. And he said that he had to discipline himself so that he could win the award to win the prize, and that he did not want to be disqualified after he preached to others. He didn't want to be disqualified. He wanted to win the award. And his teaching to the church at Corinth is right on time for us as we have purpose in our heart that we want to win others to Jesus Christ. Didn't we say that? Uh, this year we want to win as many people as we can to the Lord. And Paul is saying, if you're going to be in the ministry of God, if you want God to work in your life, you want the presence of God and the power of God in your life, then here are some things that you need to be sure that you avoid if you want the award. He's saying to us, if you're going to represent Christ... Be careful how you're running because God is watching. Now, I'm not, gonna, I'm not a hater. So I don't want y'all to look at me. Pastor, really trying to do this. No, I'm just going to tell you what the word said. He said, if you want God's presence, God's power, God's blessings, God's provision, all that God has for you, there are some things you're going to have to adjust in your life so that God can move in your life in a mighty way. No need to come in the church talking about, God, I want your power to flow in me. I want to use me in a supernatural way. And then you, and you live in any kind of way. So last time we said that God was watching for idolaters. He's watching for those, the way that you adore, your adoration. So if you need the award, you need God is watching your adoration. And today, God is watching your activities. So this sermon is God is watching for sexual immorality. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1 has been our text and this is going to be a series called God is Watching. Here's what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud, that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered over the desert. So if you want that message, you can get the message from two weeks ago, where God is watching and he scattered. In verse 6 he said, now these things occurred as examples to us. To keep us from setting our hearts on evil things just like they did. This is Jerry G. Martin and thanks once again for joining us for this broadcast. We've been sharing with you messages on relationships and I want you to continue to join us as we talk about marriage relationships, we talk about single relationships, we talk about, we're talking about inappropriate sexual abuse between a sister and a brother. We're talking about adultery and sexual immorality. All of these has to do with relationships. I want you to know that God is interested in our relationships and how we live and how we represent him in everything we do. If you would like to hear today's message in its entirety, you can go to our podcast at the light of the world daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's the light of the world daily with Jerry G. Martin. And you can listen to these messages or previous messages that we have aired on this broadcast. And I also invite you to go to our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And then join us in person on Sundays. God is moving in a significant way. Pastor Jackie is bringing the word of God. And so join us at 10 o'clock Sunday mornings at 16161 Old Humble Road. And don't forget about the Beacon Bookstore. You may need communion supplies, Bibles, or study resources, or anointing oil. Come and see us at the Beacon. It's right here on our campus. Call the Beacon now at 281 481-2885. That's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.